0: I swear the Razorbacks are just dead set on making every win so stressful, but at least they win. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire the qualified candidates more efficiently by matching your open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. As uh, we know that we had a really great run of podcasts last week. got to talk with Isaac Tesla, which was really great. And, uh, really cool, and I'm going to try to work on getting more current Razorback football players, especially on during the spring season, and uh, hopefully we can be able to catch up with them and talk with them a little bit more and get to know them a little bit more, so we'll keep you updated on that. But uh, it was a good weekend for Razorback basketball because they were able to, once again, find another way to win. Now, <laughs> let me be clear, in this game against South Carolina, I did not expect 65-63 final score. I did not expect Arkansas to skip by with the by the hairs of their chinny chin chin to win this game. I thought it would be an easy win, but I you know what? I just need to stop doing that. I, I just need to stop being dumb and just assuming that this team is going to have nothing. There's that they're just going to ever have a win that can just be smooth sailing. Like uh, Just blow out city from beginning to end, and that's it. But as I said, the only thing that matters is that this team won. That's the most important thing. This team won. And if you think about the times where they were struggling and losing, it was a completely different feeling. But when you're at least able to go out and to finish the game, make some plays down the stretch, there are those elements to it. And when we'll go through uh, a few of the stats here. Uh, just to kind of recap the box score here for Arkansas, so you had really good games by. I think the player of the game had to be Jalen Graham. Uh, guy had 12 points in the first half, uh, had four points in the second half. So no half has me, but went eight of 10 from the field. Ha- played almost 22 minutes. Did have three turnovers, which was frustrating. But I'm telling you, this guy's got some legitimate offensive skill sets for his size. Like he's so crafty. He's able to just scoot around and move around and flip things up and things over top. I mean, you can tell why he was all Pac-12 and why Musk wanted him on the team. Now, I will say as much as I like Jalen Graham and as much as I like his offensive game, his defensive game is it's it lacks. It lacks pretty big time. And that's why he doesn't play as often as what people probably want him to or thinks that he should or whatever. But uh, either way he was able to provide much needed points. Like you don't win this game without Jalen Graham having the big game that he did, especially, um, in the first half. So really good game out of him. Devo goes, has 15 points. Uh, he played all 40 minutes. In fact, you had three players and council black and Davis, all of them played every second of this game. You had Devo with 15 points, black with 13 points and council with 10 points. Those are the double digit scorers across the board. And, you know, none of them really had a great offensive game, except for the fact that Devo, this is what cracks me up about Devo. Devo had four threes in this game. He went four of 10 from three-point land. So really great game out of him, but five of 12 from the field. So you're talking about Devo now, where all but two of his shots were three-pointers. All but two of his shots were three-pointers. So he's become a three-point threat now, and he's going to go out there and, and do some do some big things and try to try to make that work. But uh, he did have two assists and two steals in this game too. Uh, came up with four rebounds, so a really good game out of him. Black, thirteen points, six rebounds, four assists, one steal, two block shots. He had a really good game. Uh, hit five of seven from free throw land. Uh, did a good job with that. And uh, then you had the, you know the Mitchell brothers, which we talked about last week of being so good and had really great performances. They were not really factors in this game. Makai Mitchell, he only played five minutes in this game, and that was a coach's decision, according to Eric Musselman. So uh, he only had two points. And then Mikel Mitchell played under 20 minutes in this game, had five points, four rebounds, and one block shot. But uh, Jalen Graham took a lot of that time, a lot of their minutes in there too. And Jordan Walsh came off the bench. Uh, he played 33 minutes. So he didn't start, but he played 33 minutes and got only four points, but 10 rebounds, one assist, and one block shot, and did a really good job def- defensively. So that's kind of looking at it from Arkansas's perspective they shot the ball pretty well. I mean, they hit about 47% from the field, uh, 26% from three-point land. The only guy to hit a three was Devo, but he went four of 10. Or so went four of 15. So you're talking about only five other threes were taken. Like Ricky Council took three, Black took one, and Walsh took one, and neither of them made it. So four of 15, still not great. Free throws, nine of 13, not great, but still above about your, what your average is. But honestly, this game for South Carolina came down to two dudes who went for 20 points, Josh Gray and Michi Johnson. Now, Josh Gray was the one that was really frustrating because he's a seven foot tall dude, right? Like he's he's really tall and he's a transfer out of LSU, but he was averaging three points a game coming into this game. Just dumb. And so he goes for 20 points and 14 rebounds because why not? He only played 26 minutes. Why wouldn't he go and have the game of his life against Arkansas? That's just the way it is. So that was weird to see where he was just really dominating. Uh, Arkansas down low and getting a lot of wide open dunks, but Michi Johnson was unconscious. He he went 5 of 8 from 3. He had 20 points, 6 of 13 from the field, and that was it. Like It was literally just two guys. Hayden Brown also had 10 points uh, in this game, but he went 4 of 13. Uh, Gigi Jackson is one of their best players, if not their best player overall, but Arkansas did a good job with him. Only held him to 9 points and 7 rebounds there. Had three turnovers, too. Devo Davis did a really good job offensively against him, but uh, looking at some other things, too, you had uh, the turnovers Arkansas only turned over 11 times, South Carolina 10, so that was uh that was better. Uh you had not that many fouls called in this game which was really nice. You know, I think uh between the two teams there's only 27 fouls called and 14 13 between South Carolina and Arkansas, so that's really good. And then uh you had points in the paint was about even, 38 points for Arkansas, 34 for South Carolina. Second chance points about even, fast breaks were even. Bench points Arkansas obviously had them a lot more cuz there's only four points there from Uh, from South Carolina but it was an overall pretty even game and I think a lot of that has to be chalked up to the fact that you had a good performance out of South Carolina like South Carolina played a really good game doesn't excuse it doesn't say that you know it's that's the way it should have been or way they should have played and you just give it up like that but that is a legitimate reason as to why but they won Arkansas won and it was stressful in the end and Ricky Council and Jalen Graham both talked about the key to this win after the game and I thought it was really interesting what they had to say the key to this game was desperation. Um, we we knew we couldn't lose this game. This was like, I mean, we had games that are must wins, but this was a must win. Like, we're one of the bottom teams in the league. They're still a good team, but they're one of the bottom teams in the league. And we knew we couldn't lose this game because we was already on a hot streak, and this was going to be a big game going into March for like as far as seating or even making it. So we knew we couldn't lose, and we just had to click that in our heads. Uh, no, we're no, we're ecstatic. You know, we we needed this win. Our coach was talking about road uh, just you know, having rage, you know, need need we need this win. So we're all happy. We're all just glad we got the dub. No matter, uh, no one really cares about the stats or what happened or how we got it. We're just we just we're just glad we got the dub. That's a great mentality to have. I mean, they they knew that South Carolina was not a good basketball team and Arkansas was the better basketball team, and they needed to win this one. This was not one that they could afford to lose. You're already teetering right there, like Joe Lenardi has you in, in the NCAA tournament, but it's not like a really great, like confirmed spot. I think he has them at 10, 11 seeds, somewhere in there, but you're not the first four out or the last four in or anything like that. You're still in it and losing a game to South Carolina would have put you out of it. Like that would have might, that might've been the death nail because some of these wins in front of you or some of these games in front of you are going to be tough to win, but all that matters is you get the dub. That's all that matters. And I'll throw this as a silver lining because there's a lot of frustrations and I'm not trying to say there's no criticisms that aren't warranted when it comes to, uh, the reason you need to be like frustrated or, or, or critical of this game because it wasn't a great game. But think of it this way. This is, again, glass half full, silver linings, everyone will get it. I'm going to think of it this way. They won on the road in a conference. Always a big deal. But they let the lead get away from them. They let South Carolina get back into the game and even take the lead late in the game. That is true. Should not happen. Inexcusable, frustrating, awful, all the adjectives you want to use. But Arkansas made plays down the stretch to get the lead back and to win the game. That's something they didn't do against Missouri or against Vanderbilt or against LSU or against any of these other teams on the road in conference play that they've lost to that most people felt like they should have won those games. In these games, they were able to get the lead back to make the plays down the stretch. It wasn't prettiest at times, wasn't the greatest thing I've ever seen, but again, making the plays down the stretch. So that's something that I least like to see. Like Anthony Black made his free throws down the stretch, which was big. Uh, you had a uh, you know the back and forth that was going on, like defensively. I think Arkansas did a good job against them. And setting them up. You know, I think uh, Ricky Council had a great play down low too. Like you made plays to put you in good position to win the game. That's how I look at it. And that's how the silver linings I'm going to look at and and use it. So maybe they can build upon it. But they got a tough test against Kentucky coming up. Which we know uh, on the road is always going to be difficult. And this Kentucky, Kentucky team is good. Good. But not great. So it could get Interesting. Just kind of depending on how it all goes. Uh, But we'll talk about this team itself and ask the question, are they actually good? We'll get to that. But as a small business owner or hiring manager, you need to know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members that you surround yourself with. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with the people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve those goals. LinkedIn jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go above and beyond resume data. And by using insights from your job post, your company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. It also makes it really easy with LinkedIn jobs to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. That's why small businesses have ranked LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So with LinkedIn Jobs, it helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions to apply. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so moving on into the next segment of the Lockdown Razorbacks podcast, talking about this team, this basketball team, this Razorback basketball team, because even after the win against South Carolina, I had people tweeting at it saying this team's not good. I'm talking about Arkansas, they're they're not good. They 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 can't close out games. Arkansas is going to get smoked by Kentucky. I hate the way they go into prevent offense. Uh, you know, maybe if Nick Smith comes back, it'll be better, but not right now. It's it ain't good. Like all of that stuff has been thrown around, and I started thinking about just the, the the simple question of: Is this team good? Is this Razorback basketball team good? Which, of course, is very uh, subjective. But if you just look at them right now, they're sixteen and seven overall. They're five and five in conference play, which ties them with Missouri. Uh, I don't know how the tiebreakers would go because they went one and one against each other. I think it's something to the extent of uh, your record against the upper uh, part of the SEC. And right now, Arkansas does have the win over AM, which is big. So, and if they get one against Kentucky, that'll put them in great shape. But they're middle of the pack. I mean, they're middle of the pack in the SEC right now, with some work to do. And, you know, they got a tough schedule in front of them. You know, at Kentucky's the next big game. You got at AM, at Bama, at Tennessee. Those are your four next your four next road games in this conference are all against NCAA tournament teams, or at least in the case of AM, uh, right there on the cusp of being an NCAA tournament team. And you're also playing for the top five teams in conference coming up. So we're going to find out a lot about this team. But when it comes to the question of are they good, are they a good basketball team, I'm just going to put it simply. They're solid. They're fine. They're not great. They're not appealing. They're not sexy. They're not a team that is going to go out and dominate people. They're not a team that everyone's going to you know, make it must-see television to watch. And honestly, the way things have gone, I would say that as of right now, with the current roster, this is the team that probably of the teams that are going to make the NCAA tournament or okay, we can even throw in all of Mus's teams, all of Mus's teams. This is probably his third best right now. Uh, of course, I think that the, uh, The team last year was was I see that's the thing is always tough is like what was better, the Moses year or the JD Note year. I think probably the Moses year was a better overall team, had a lot more youth and inexperience, but talent-wise was there. And then last year's team was really good. So it was like really close. They're just different, but both really good. But this team is just, you know, it's not that. You don't, you're not great at free throw shooting, which past few teams have had. You you don't have that one guy that can just go out and get a bucket like you had with Moses and Note or Mason Jones. Like you just don't have that guy. Um, you know, you do have youth and you do have some veteran dudes, but you just don't have any killers out there. You know, you don't have any assassins, any killer instincts. So, you know, there's just a lot of all over the place to where you just don't have what you previously had, but yet this season's not over. So there's a lot of things to get to, but I'm just telling you right now, and I'm I'm trying to be honest, trying to be honest about all, if this Razorback team does not get Nick Smith back, which is still a possibility, if they don't get Nick Smith back, um, because I know I've been saying that he's going to come back, and I believe he is until – just because that's what we've been told. But I'm also realistic in knowing that things change. So if he doesn't come back, this is a team that probably will be a nine seed, eight, nine seed in the NCAA tournament and have to face a one seed in second round if they make it past the first round and probably get bounced out. Like That's the realistic outlook of this team right now at this point in time and where it stays. So, to me, that's a good team because a good team gets to the NCAA tournament and gets a win and, you know, sometimes runs into a buzzsaw. Maybe they even pull off an upset. That would be insane, but that's a good team to me. And that's what this team is. They're a solid, good team. But what's keeping them from being great are the things like turnovers, free throw shooting, and closing out games and fouling like those are and those are major things that have not gotten fixed like sometimes it's been better in particular games but it's not consistent enough to say it's better so I'd have to go with that I'd have to go with that type of thing I don't think they're not a bad basketball team folks you've seen bad basketball you you, you're a Razorback fan you've seen bad basketball teams this is not a bad basketball team they got talent on this team still um they just got to be able to find the consistency and I don't know if they will. And I know that, uh, you know, we always bring up Nick Smith and Trevin Brazil. And, you know, I honestly think just looking back as I was sad or not sad, but I was sad watching it when, uh, some highlights popped up on my YouTube of, you know, Brazil over Maui and all this. I'm like, man, I mean, Nick Smith's great. Tr- trust me, but not having Brazil is just, just his athleticism and his ability and what he could do. He was a, he was just a game changer when he was on the court. So, you know, it's just one of those deals to where you can't it doesn't matter. You gotta move on, but they're good enough to make the tournament. I think they will make the tournament. I think here in the final stretch of games, I know it's really tough, but I think they'll win all their home games, which against Mississippi State, Florida, Georgia, and Kentucky. You know, that's four wins right there. That'll get you to nine wins. And maybe if you can find a way to beat either Kentucky AM m Alabama or Tennessee, it's not gonna be easy, but you know, get by one of those that could you at 10 conference wins, 10 and 8. And that'll get you into the tournament. And then you can go to the SEC tournament. Now, who knows? Maybe make some noise there to get up your seed. But I think they're a solid team. It's not a team that I'm going to just bet the house on to make it to the lead Eight once again. Crazier things have happened, though. It is the NCAA tournament. But they are good. They're a good basketball team. I know you don't like it. You know, it frustrates you and it stresses you out. Totally understand it. But they are a good basketball team. Better than most of the teams in the SEC. Trust me. At the end of the day, you're going to look back, and you're gonna. I think you're going to see, man, yeah, that was better than what it w- looked like there for a bit. So just be patient on that, too. Uh, we'll talk about some conference news here in just a second in the SEC. But uh, if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try Bilt Bar, folks. Bill Bar is incredible. I love Bilt Bar. I've been trying to go to the gym more. And it's actually been working out. I've lost some weight, you know. Lost about 10 pounds over the past couple months. Feeling pretty good. And I have to credit, of course, going to the gym and actually, you know, eating a little bit better. But the major part in that is Built Bar helping me be able to not have this unhealthy this healthy food that tastes like crap. It's nice to have something that tastes amazing that I actually want to eat. That's not forcing myself to eat it. And it comes in all these different delicious fra- flavors with great protein and low calories. I mean, you can't get anything better than that. So if you haven't tried a Bilt Bar, you're really missing out. So check out their website at Bilt.com. You can see all the flavors that they have. And also at your local Walmart and Sam's Club, if you go to the pharmacy section, just look at all the protein bars, and you will see the Built Bar standing out because it is the best. It's better than all those other competitors that, you know, they have, oh, look at this huge bar with all this protein. Yeah, but the problem is, is that it has 382 calories. Like, you don't need all that stuff. You don't need that extra stuff. Built Bar does everything great, and they are the best of both worlds when it comes to being high in protein low in calories and great for you. So check it out. Built.com. You can see built bar at Sam's and Walmart. Be sure to check them out today. You are locked on Razorbacks. Your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. So final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I was a little bummed to see this, uh, this news coming out. About uh, conference realignment, because again, we know that Texas and Oklahoma is going to be joining the conference uh, here soon, and it looked like it was out there uh, as far as uh, them joining when it came to the uh, just the next, not this year, not the 2023 football season, but the 2024 football season, because originally it's not going to be until 2025. So it looks like that's not going to be the case, though, because it's going to take longer to uh, figure that out, and, and apparently they couldn't come to a, an agreement on things. So it looks like uh, Texas and Oklahoma. The 2025 year is what's going to look like, which is fine. I was really looking forward to 2024, just because of the madness and the chaos and the scheduling and how much fun that would be uh, to bring those teams in at that time and to know, uh, you know, who Arkansas is going to look at and who they're going to play. But and on top of that too, and this is according to Ross Dellinger and, and and what's been going on there. Apparently uh, the ADs met once again and they're still leaning towards having no divisions in sec football and having a nine game conference scheduling format so that's that's going to be cool i'd like that Uh, because again i I think divisions the less divisions you have the better i want to of course i say that and like watch arkansas have their best team ever assembled but yet they get like the toughest schedule and having to play like georgia and bama and lsu and like all and all those teams so but hey if it happens it happens but still um, they're leaning towards that, and so I'll see. Uh, I don't know if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it's done. It that's great. But I was just really kind of hoping that it would happen in 2024. But it looks like it's going to have to be 2025. Also, uh, again, this is just kind of some random news too. Uh, Walker White, the quarterback out of the state of Arkansas, who is a four-star player, he's the number 92 overall prospect in the class of 2024. He goes to Little Rock Christian. He committed to Auburn, and apparently the people are wondering how does that you know how does that happen? How does he go and commit to Auburn? After all of that, well, he had a uh, Ole Miss and Arkansas in the mix, but apparently, Arkansas with Kendall Brawls didn't recruit him as highly. And Dan, he knows as soon as he got here, tried to, but obviously, was too little, too late, and so he decided to commit to Auburn. Now, uh, also had Baylor and Clemson apparently were in the mix too, and so we'll see. We'll see if uh, he stays with that, and he might. And you know, Hugh Freeze has been doing some uh, Hugh Freeze things and uh, getting a lot of these uh, players on board, but. You know, in-state players, when they leave Arkansas, especially high-quality ones, it's, you know, it can be a little bit, like, you know, hurtful, and you're like, hey, why wouldn't you come to Arkansas? You got to recruit these guys and stuff. But at the same time, though, you know, there's not, like, there's not a whole lot of, like, quarterbacks that have left the state of Arkansas that ended up, you know, accomplishing, like, great things where you look back, you're like, oh, man, I wish we would have had that guy instead. Um, Not to say that they weren't good quarterbacks. Like, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, like, you know, I think about like guys like Kyle Frazier when he left to go to Auburn, actually. Um, you know, it just it didn't pan out as highly for him as what a lot of people were expecting it to be for him. Uh, so, you know, I think about him. I think about uh, Gary Bohannon, who's been all right, but, you know, he's like I said, he's been okay, but it's not like you're constantly looking over at that other school saying, man, I wish we had that guy instead of KJ Jefferson. You know, Criswell the same way. He's back at Arkansas now, which is awesome. Love that. But, you know, when he was over at North Carolina, you weren't like, man, you know, we're missing out on him. Wish he was here instead of KJ. So it's it's sometimes it can just be different. So don't worry about it. I know you want all the in-state kids. we all do, but that's not something that really concerns me as far as uh, him going to Auburn. I'm not you know pushing the panic button saying, oh my gosh, they're terrible, especially since he's only committed. I mean, he could decommit and come to Arkansas for all you know. So but I think it's fine. I think it'll be okay, but uh, wanted to also address that because I know a lot of people were talking about that and it was on their minds there as well.